And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a great week. Um, a lot to get to, as always, today. A, a ton to get to. Uh, busy news week, um, as always. I don't think that's ever not been the case since I started the show uh, almost two and a half years ago. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was joined by my good friend Aaron Bandler um, from Jewish Journal. Uh, we talked about the uh, Israeli elections from yesterday. We talked about the, uh, the fact that... Uh, Pete Buttigieg is uh, completely obsessed with Vice President Mike Pence, and that's a weird one. And uh, and we discussed why neither of us could care any less whether or not any politician on either side releases their tax returns. So yeah, it was a fun show. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Aaron, uh, please guys follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Tweet at us. We always tweet back. And if you haven't already, you got to subscribe. You must subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you're on iTunes, uh, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. All right. Without further ado, here is my chat with Aaron Bandler. All right, guys. We're here with my good friend Aaron Bandler from Jewish Journal. Aaron, thanks for taking the time today, man. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. So uh, let's jump right into the news of the day. Um, Benjamin Netanyahu uh, has been reelected as uh, Israel's prime minister for a record fifth term. <clears throat> Excuse me. As always, the left here in America did whatever they could do to <laughs> to try to take down Netanyahu. The left really hates this guy, probably because, yeah. he's, you know, a Jew who's committed to keeping Jews alive in Israel, so he fits the bill as somebody the left would hate. Um, what do you make of Bibi's big win, and, and what does it mean for Israel in the Middle East uh, moving forward? So, so number one, it just goes to show that Bibi is like the ultimate political survivor because this whole election cycle, it looked pretty... Um, uh, it, it's not looked good for him for a time because he got... in. He's facing uh, three indictments on these cor- on these corruption charges, and, and and they're all bogus. Just just like the whole um, Trump Russian collusion thing um, has been here here in America, of course. But 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 because those 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 indictments were announced like about a month or two before the election, and the fact that early elections are even called, these are early elections for Israel, and they were called because there's been some. Um, Dissatisfaction at the fact that Bibi has been unwilling to just go all out and just carpet bomb the hell out of Hamas, because you know people, people because because lately, over the over the past year or so, people in the southern border of uh, of uh, southern Israel, bordering the Gaza Strip, have had a deal, not just with rockets now from Gaza, but also these fiery kites and balloons that are terrorizing these other communities. And I know people like to sort of mock that. It's so like, oh, you know, Israel has the Iron Dome. They have their bomb shelters. They're just fine. You know, uh, but you know, but if you actually are under that kind of living conditions, where every day you're worried about, okay, like where's where's the closest bomb shelter? Can I go out tonight? That's it's a very stressful thing to deal with, especially if you're somebody who has lost their home in a rocket. 
um, as as one Cornell student wrote about recently. Um, so 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 basically, there, there are these things that have worked against that in Yahoo, and this guy Benny Gantz, his main opponent, kind of came out of nowhere and emerged as like this legitimate opposition leader to BB because he because he's a centrist, not leftist, a centrist. Um, who is still hawkish on national security, but you know is a little more flexible on uh, on things. Um, but what? Is, but 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 this goes to show that BB is just a master not only of of, of getting the vote out, but also in, in Israeli politics, it's it's all about who can form a coalition, the Knesset, and BB is just a master at being able to form coalitions with all these different parties uh, in the Knesset and so forth. Um, and, and so what this shows is that Israelis really, really care about their security above all else. And I think they were willing to sort of uh, put whatever flaws BB has and overlook them because because there's because of all the threats Israel faces, because of all the constant threats from Hamas, from Hezbollah, from Iran, and so forth. It's, it's because... BB's proven, even despite the fact that some people were unhappy with him not going after Hamas um, full uh, full bore, um, the fact is that BB has overall shown that he's somebody who's willing to do whatever it takes to keep Israel safe. And I think that fear of, of the unknown is causing people to, to stick with BB. And I think that's a good thing because BB is such an important a voice on the world stage, uh, not just uh, not just when it comes to Hamas and Iran and so forth, but because he's someone who understands the threat of radical Islam and someone who understands the importance of freedom. And in my opinion, I think that he is a modern day Churchill, and I think that I think his reelection is good for the world uh, and and good for United States interests. Absolutely, yeah, I I one hundred percent agree with you. I think it definitely benefits. Uh, us here in the states as well. Obviously, uh, BB has a great relationship with with President Trump. They're they're close yeah. friends, and uh, and obviously they're one of our our closest allies and and biggest trading partners. So that definitely benefits us. And yeah, obviously the the citizens of Israel should put national security above everything else. And Netanyahu has a heck of a sales pitch. He can go to his constituents and say, "Hey, uh, you're still alive." So. <laughs> Pretty much, I must, not, I must not be doing a bad job. You know, vote for me for reelection. Yes. That's a that's a <laughs> heck of a pitch right there. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, and an, another note. <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Uh, thank God we don't have a, a multi-party parliamentary system like Israel does. And and, and uh, for for those listeners who don't know, Israel is it's similar to England, um, where there's a whole bunch of parties. There's a couple main ones, and then a whole bunch of smaller ones. You know, no party actually gets to 51% ever um, in, in terms of how many seats they hold in parliament. Um, so it's you're constantly having to build coalitions. You see this in England right now. You know, Theresa May is constantly struggling to keep her coalition together. And, you know, and their opposition, obviously, Jeremy Corbyn, could never build a, a coalition big enough to take power. So, it's, I well, you, well, let's hope. Well, yeah, at least not yet. But, uh, you know, we'll see. But thank God we don't have that system. Can you imagine? Oh, I know. Uh, I, yeah. I, for, 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 I mean, the left loves to bash on, on the Electoral College, but come on. Like, I, I, I mean, but they can't seriously think that the Electoral College is worse than this coalition system, can they? Right. And that's and just from the outrage factor. You know, when yeah. half the, the half the country voted for Hillary Clinton 
and she loses, and then they try to burn the country down. Imagine if we had, like, four viable political parties, and, uh, you know, only... <laughs> instead of half the country being pissed off, 75% of the country's pissed off, because, you know, yeah. a, a party would take power with, you know, 26, 27% of the vote, something like that. That would be catastrophic. America could not handle that. And I used to, I used to think, like, man, you know... It might be a really good thing if we had four or five strong parties. You know, you have, like, the Libertarian Party as a viable option, and then the Republicans are center-right, Democrats are center-left, and then the Green Party is, like, the Communists or whatever. But no, that would be terrible. It would be... I, I'm I, Looking at <laughs> Israeli politics, U.K. politics, you know, it makes me think that the Founding Fathers were, you know, they were onto something. They actually knew what they were talking about. Right. And it's also worth noting, too, is, is that it's not just the, all different parties. It's the fact that because uh, because that coalition is always like the number one priority is that it causes a lot of a lot of political instability, because like I was saying earlier, these were early elections for Israel. And, um, you know, I think the constant threat, the constant the looming threat of there potentially being like early elections, I, I think is a major cause of instability uh, in these countries because of these coalitions. In the U.S., it's like we saw like, every two years is a congressional election. Every four years is a presidential election. That's it. You know, it's like we have the stability of knowing that. Um, and I and I think that is um, really nice to to have that stability. You know, and not to constantly worry about like, oh, are, are we gonna have like, you know, like early elections in the coming months? Like, we don't know. So. And also, with the parliamentary system, it's it's a lot like uh, in Congress here, how everybody hates, you know, earmarks, right? They they hate the yeah the the, the big omnibus bills with a bunch of pork, and you're, you're you're bribing congressmen and senators. All right, I'll only vote for it if you give me this for my district or whatever. When you're building <laughs> coalitions. In a parliament like like Netanyahu has to do now, um, it's like that, but with your entire government is <laughs> like you're running your yeah. government based on like a oh, weird, yeah, extreme earmark system, trying to get people to join your coalition. So imagine yeah. like the dysfunction of a bill with a bunch of earmarks, but blow that up to encompass your entire federal government. Oh Jesus, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that would be, that would that would be quite awful. Yeah, thank God we don't have that. Yeah, yeah, no thanks. I we'll, we'll stick with the Constitution. So, if there's yeah. someone on the planet that the left hates more than Benjamin Netanyahu, it's Mike Pence. <laughs> the uh, left yeah, cannot stand Mike Pence. Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, uh, and a current uh, uh, presidential candidate uh, for some reason, is going after Mike Pence right now and calling him a bigot and a fake Christian. Uh, presumably because Pence is a Christian and a Republican, I, I guess, is, is why he's saying that. Uh, yeah. Buttigieg is claiming that Mike Pence hates him because he's gay. But there's a problem. There's, there's a serious problem with that claim here. <laughs> when Pence was governor and Pete Buttigieg was deployed to Afghanistan, he was uh, in the Navy Reserves, Mike Pence called him personally to wish him well. And I, I looked into this. The only time that I could find that Mike Pence has ever spoken publicly about Pete Buttigieg was when Buttigieg was already a mayor of South Bend and, and Pence was governor of Indiana, and Pete came out of the closet as gay. Mike Pence was asked for a statement, and he said, quote, I hold Pete Buttigieg in the highest personal regard. Pete is a dedicated public servant and a patriot. Unquote. So there's there's that. 
So he's literally Hitler for 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 uh, for, uh, for for praising people who just were coming out. I mean, it just, it just goes to show how the left is basically like you know portrayed like it paints this sort of like villain who's like going to round up gays and put them in concentration camps, which is going to electrocute them. Whatever. It's such it's it, it, it's comical that I mean, it's just it's just comical like like how they're portraying him because it's really not who he is, but people believe it. And, and, and it all stems from what? Because because he passed or he signed that religious freedom bill until long twenty fifteen. Like he ends up signing a watered down version of that law. And all that law, all that law is, is basically a restatement of federal law, which which states that which basically protects businesses, uh, which protects the religious liberties of businesses. But even then, like there are certain standards that have to be upheld. Um, like, uh, like there has to be a legitimate um, re- religious uh, principle, and and that there has to be compelling government interest to to uphold it, and so forth. So it's, I, I mean, so the whole thing is really over nothing, you know. Um, and 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 I, and I think that um, given the, the those of us who tend to buy by conservative libertarian values, I tend to think that a business can, can has the, has the freedom of association. To either you know hire or not hire whoever they want, or provide services or not provide services to whoever they want, and and they decided to and they decide to deny a service to somebody for an evil reason, then 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 we will boycott that business, but the business still has, still deserves to uh, should still have the freedom to engage in that kind of action. Um, it, it's just you know. We, but at the same time, we we have the right to boycott it, but it doesn't mean the government has to interfere with it. Right, and after he signed that bill into law in Indiana, he said publicly, actually, I think Pence tweeted this, actually, that personally, for him, if he saw a, a, a business or a restaurant refusing to serve a gay couple, he would no longer he would no longer give them his business. Like he, would, he would find yeah. a new place to eat. You know, like... The left just created a cartoon character version of Mike Pence that doesn't resemble Mike Pence in the slightest. Pretty like, much, yeah. Re- remember when uh, 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 Richard Grinnell, the the ambassador to uh, to Germany, who's actually doing a tremendous yeah. job over over in Berlin. Oh uh, yeah, but love Richard Grinnell. He's a he's a married gay man, and uh, when he was sworn in as ambassador, I was, his husband was there holding the Bible, you know, that he was being sworn in on, and and. And Mike Pence swore him in. And I remember on Twitter, the left was like, oh, how pissed is Mike Pence right now that he has to talk to gay people? It's, it's like, really? He's pissed? I mean, he's like smiling and posing for pictures with him. And he considers Richard Grinnell a, a personal friend. So, I mean, it's like Mike Pence, These, the, the whole he hates gay people thing is just ridiculous. Mike Pence was in Congress for a long time. He was in the private sector for a long time. He was the governor of a major state. He's been working with gay people. He's he's been <laughs> serving gay people in office. Like it's he you know he lives in Indianapolis. You know, like I'm sure he has gay friends and neighbors. And it's like where does this shit even come from? It's just it's it's just bonkers to me. Yeah, it's it's just part of the left's strategy of trying to demonize their opponents. The, right. the usual sort of like racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe, and I guess they say the homophobe is the one that sticks on Pence because, because, because he's this he's this religious Christian, um, and of course he, he signed the law that we talked about earlier, and they try to demonize that as as anti-gay law, 
Um, you know, it, because they, they can't call him a sexist because he only because he only have dinner with, with because he only have dinner with his wife. I mean, like if they, I mean, they try to frame him as a sexist for his whole life. You know, I, I won't eat dinner with a woman alone who's not my wife, and that failed because it's actually an understandable policy. That's an understandable rule to have. It's an intelligence. Um, it's a very smart rule to have. I mean, look, like it's not even the the keeping yourself from temptation to cheat on your wife or whatever. If you're that famous, I mean, if you're wealthy and fa- I mean, when he said that he was he was the governor of Indiana. Yeah, like if you're a public yeah. figure, if you're a governor, you should absolutely hold that policy. If you're famous, and I know I know athletes that have this personal policy. If they they won't be alone in an elevator with a woman. If they're alone in an elevator and a woman gets in, they will get off because they don't want to be accused of something they didn't do. I mean, look, wealthy <laughs> men, successful men should adhere to that policy. It's just smart. It's good for business. And another thing about the Pence Buttigieg thing, Mike Pence is handling this exactly how you should. He's handling it how I handle, like, haters on Twitter, is you just don't do anything, <laughs> which is always yeah. the best policy. It's not a fight when only one side is participating and that's the funniest part it's making Pete Buttigieg seem a little bit ridiculous like he keeps talking and obsessing about Mike Pence when Mike Pence hasn't done anything or said anything and uh, obviously as the audience knows since you've been on the podcast a handful of times now we couldn't make it through a full episode without talking about sports a little bit and uh, Pete Buttigieg (laughs) reminds me of Antonio Brown the uh, now Oakland Raiders receiver who forced his way out of Pittsburgh AB will not stop complaining about Pittsburgh and Big Ben and Juju Smith-Schuster and stuff. He can complain about Big Ben all he wants. Big Ben is on a golf course relaxing right now. So it's it's not a dispute if only one party is in the dispute. So it just it's making Pete seem uh, it's a, it's a strange move to say the least. Yeah, and I think part of Buttigieg's appeal right now is the fact that he's sort of seen as this likable, friendly guy. And I think that the way he's going after Pence like this, it makes him look not so friendly and nice. And I can only think that that well, it will it will rile up the the um, progressive base. I think it's gonna harm his appeal overall in that respect. Yeah, definitely. So one more topic I want to hit uh, briefly before I let you go is uh, is all these tax return issues. The Democrats, once again, are coming after Trump's tax returns, demanding that he turns them over to Congress. Uh, Trump just told him to kick rocks, which I think is hilarious. He just says it's not going to happen. He's yeah. not going to do it, which is good, It's which is you know exactly how Trump should handle it. And Bernie Sanders is also under pressure to release his tax returns, and he said he will do so. The tricky thing for Bernie, though, is that he's now a multimillionaire. Um, he made several million dollars last year to do a, a, a book and, and you know every, speaking engagements and other things. You know, I, I've been told by Bernie Sanders that uh, you know being a millionaire is evil. So, do you think this hurts him at all with his socialist base? Well, the socialist base, no, because because he, he could tell them to go. It's kind of like when when Trump said during the campaign that that, that if he that, that if he saw someone on Fifth Avenue that, that he, would, he wouldn't lose any support. Pretty similar with uh, with, with, with with Bernie and the Bernie Bros. <laughs> um, so I don't think it'll hurt him with his base, but I think it's just to show what hypocrite Bernie is. Because you know, I mean, because he literally said, like, you know what, I I made I became a multi-billionaire because of my books, and that, that's a great thing. It's like, okay, great. I'm a grudge you for your wealth, Bernie. So don't begrudge us when we make our money through through honest means. 
Um, and it goes to show that this, this system that you rail against is actually pretty good. Um, and frankly, like you know, most socialists are hypocrites because because they, they all end up becoming wealthy. Um, and by the way, talk about the socialist dictators, not like average run of the mill, like you know, um, Antifa slash Occupy Wall Street type loser heavy. But like, but but a socialist, <laughs> the socialist dictators, they they always become like wealthy and live live in luxury. And like, oh yeah, the system's terrible. You know, the rich are screwing you. Uh, so it's not surprising that that Bernie, of course, is like that. It, it is. Uh, is just an, is another example of a Mercedes Marxist, and I think that if he were if he does end up losing his tax returns, then I think Trump should go after Bernie for for his hypocrisy. And I, I think that's a line that would that would work um, against uh, 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 against Bernie. Um, so and I, and I think Trump could still play the can sort of tell the line back. Like, hey, you know. Good for Bernie, like for releasing his tax returns. You know that's a personal thing. I choose not to release mine, because again, it's personal, and I don't think every every American citizen should be forced to release their tax returns. But the fact is that Bernie chose to release them, and it goes to show that uh, number one, I pay more in taxes than, 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 than he does, and two, he's a multimillionaire despite railing against the which means that he that the very system that he that he's railing against he's benefiting from so he's the ultimate hypocrite and that's why we're never going to be a, a socialist country and I, I think and i'm knowing trump he's, he's probably going to be he's, he's probably he's probably going to say a little more um you know i see he, he's gonna be about it and probably like oh crazy bernie is a major hypocrite it, it'll be hilarious um but i think but regardless, I, I I think just having the ammo there is going to be good for Trump, and I, and I think he can still do it without having to release his tax returns. Yeah, definitely, I agree, and I definitely think that'll be an effective line of attack. And I think you're also right; it it, it won't erode his commie base really. But for the the Democrats in the margins, I think it can be a uh, an effective line of attack. Yeah. And the independents. Yeah, and and the independents. And look, I know lots of politicians. Most politicians do release their tax returns. I, I, I could not possibly care any less. Like, I do not need to see anyone's tax returns other than my own. Like, these people have a right to privacy, yeah. too. Like, you don't—just because you want to be a public servant doesn't mean you have to make every aspect of your financial life public. Like, that seems real weird to me. It seems very— I like, agree. Gosh, like, who, who would want to do that? Like, that's, that's very strange. And also, you know, if, if Trump, let's say—probably not. I mean, I'm sure he pays a ridiculous amount in taxes since he's, you know, a New York— billionaire but uh i mean damn they're they're new york's state tax is what 13 and a half percent something like that on top, you know yeah. so I'm sure he's paying a ton in, in taxes but let's say bernie sanders paid hardly anything in taxes or donald trump paid hardly anything in taxes i would shake their hand and congratulate them i want to abolish the federal income tax i i like i don't want anybody to pay federal income tax like that's i believe taxation is theft Look, if Bernie Sanders paid zero taxes, I would shake his hand. Like, way to go, Bernie. That's one thing we both agree on, not paying taxes. So, look, look, <laughs> like, if I were just an average voter, I would not, either side of that debate would not be an effective attack to me because I hope I neither of them agree, pay yeah. any taxes, you know? So this is yeah, funny. From I, my I perspective, mean, I, I, I just, there's oh, nothing sure. I care less about than, than how much these guys paid in taxes. Right, and I think most people try to like you know pay as little as they can in taxes, and of course, obviously, you don't want it to be 
um, you know, like illegitimate means of not paying taxes. But if there are, you know, legit, if there are, if there are certain deductions and loopholes that you can take advantage of, then you do it because you don't want, because you want to keep more of your own money. That, that's only human. And so I don't begrudge politicians for doing the same thing. Um, so, you know, I, I just, for me, the, the problem is when they suggest that we all have to pay a boatload in taxes and then they're not willing to do it themselves. I, I think that's definitely hypocritical. Though. Yeah, so. it, yeah, exactly. Socialism for thee and not for me. <laughs> yeah, and look, pretty and much. Look, brother, as a small business owner, my middle name is uh, Deductions. So <laughs> I, I believe right, it. Right off. So yeah, I, I spend yeah. A, a week every every April trying to figure out a way to pay less in taxes. So all right, man, I'm out of time. I gotta let you go. Uh, this was fun as always. Where can everybody follow you yep. online and read all your stuff? Uh, and keep in touch and all that good stuff. Uh, read my stuff at the Jewish Journal, JewishJournal.com. Uh, you follow me on Twitter at Bandler's Banter. Um, yeah, my 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 stuff is pretty great. So uh, give me a follow and read my stuff. <laughs> Aaron is one of the most talented young writers out there. Definitely check out his stuff at Jewish Thanks, Journal. Uh, even if you're not Jewish, it's, <laughs> it's not a prerequisite yeah. to enjoy Aaron's writing. <laughs> follow him on Twitter at Bandler's Banter. He's a great Twitter follow. Uh, as well, and I'm sure I'll have him back on soon. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks.